Now we give a warm welcome to everyone joining with us for worship today, both those in the building here and to those who are joining with us, say, online. Now before we begin, can I just give a sincere thank you for all that's been collected for the um, Blytheswood Food Bank. There's a great deal of stuff out there and... uh, I would just like to thank you all very, very much indeed, and indeed for all that has been contributed uh, for the uh, for the shoebox appeal. There's a there's a great deal has been contributed for that as well. Again, my sincere thanks. And also, I want to thank all those who have been uh, on the grass rota over the season. The grass cutting season is over, but um, there's a good number on the rota. And again, uh, we really appreciate everything that everyone does. So thank you all very much indeed. Let's begin our worship today by singing to God's praise. Psalm number 100 on page 362 of the Psalter. It's at the beginning of the song, the first version. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Him serve with mirth. His praise foretell, come ye before him and rejoice. We'll sing the whole song to God's praise. Psalm 100 at the beginning. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. protect us in so many different ways 
And we pray that our response to that this day would be to come and to sing your praises sincerely from the depths of our souls. But our confession is that some days we don't feel like singing. Even on this your special day. Because we look within and we see what is there and it brings us down. But we pray that we would remember this day that the song we have just been singing also speaks about mercy. You are the God who has attended to all our physical and bodily needs. But you are also the God who has attended to our spiritual and our soul needs. And may we not put our head in the sand and pretend to be something we are not. May we be realists. But along with being realistic about who we are and what we are, may we come in confession remembering that you are the great Redeemer and you are the Saviour of sinners. This day can be a terrible battle zone because we live in the midst of a theatre of spiritual warfare. But we pray that if there are those who have come to this place this day with their hearts in their boots, May they listen to you. And may they, by the eye of faith, see what you have done for poor wretched sinners. And may they be able to soar into the uh, heavens. We do give thanks, Lord, for so, so many blessings. We look around this world that seems to be in so much disarray. We think this day of the difficulties in the Ukraine. And we ask you to remember us in your mercy. We think of the sad event that happened in Seoul uh, last night. And uh, we thank you for sparing mercies. That we are still alive and on mercy's ground. We pray that... uh, you would bless young and old this day. We thank you for the sound of little voices in our midst. Bless our young, born and unborn. Remember, uh, we pray, each and every individual and each and every family gathered here, and wherever our loved ones might be across this globe this day, our earnest prayer is that we would all be found in Jesus. May we realize that the days and years are swiftly passing by and soon we shall all be gone. We pray in particular for those in this community who are mourning afresh. We remember the MacFacher family. We remember the McLaughlin family. We remember the Mackenzie family. So many families bereft. But may we remember to read the book of the events of life. And to remind ourselves daily that you are telling us, prepare to meet your God. May we remember there is only one way to be prepared to meet our God. And that is in Christ. O Lord our God, may we all be found in Christ. And all we ask is in his name. Amen. Now a wee story for the young people today and uh, my memory has let me down again because I had intended to bring along today and put in my hand there a potato but of course the potato is still back in the house. And the reason I was going to take a potato was because today is harvest thanksgiving. The harvest has been gathered in by the farmers in the Black Isle here and right throughout the country and many countries. And at the end of the day, it's God who has watched over all the crops and enabled us to gather them in. And that's what today's sermon is going to be about. But I remember as a boy, sometimes uh, I would be sent before the big crop of tatties was all gathered in. You know, nowadays in the Black Isle, they have these big machines that come along to the field of potatoes and they, they just gobble up everything, the ground and the tatties and the stones and they manage, they manage to separate everything out so you've got a, a trailer load of tatties and everything else is back in the field 
There were none of those machines when I was a boy on the farm. In fact, it was a great time of year because these two weeks, the tatty holidays, you got a big squad of people and you were all out there in the field with your bucket or your basket gathering in the tatties. It was a great time of year. Along with the sheep shearing, it was the time of year when everybody got on board and everybody got involved. In fact, if my memory serves me correctly, I way back, that's why they organised holidays at October from the school, the tatty holidays. It was so that the children could get onto the farms to help gather in the potatoes. But the big machines, they do that nowadays. But I remember being sent to the field or we had a garden as well and for the very early potatoes they were in the garden and you were sent to get a shaw of potatoes now a shaw of potatoes the shaw was just the green bit the stalk and the and the leaves that were above the the ground and uh, I used to have to get a grape I was in the school <laughs> I was in the school in fact all the schools and uh, I was saying to them what's a grape? (laughs) and they were all saying it's a fruit, it's green it's purple and all this kind of stuff and I was saying no 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 there's another kind of grape but very few of them knew what a grape was a grape is you know when you have your dinner today you'll you'll have a fork and a grape is just a, a big fork and you used to get the, the grape, put it into the ground, lift the, the shaw of potatoes and scatter it about. And maybe there would be 12, 13, 14 brand new potatoes there. But in the middle of all these brand new potatoes, there was a much bigger potato and it was all dead and rotten. And I think we might be able to call that the mummy potato because that mummy potato, it died in order to produce all the little baby brand new potatoes. Now that's true not just of potatoes, it could be, it would be true of barley, it would be true of wheat. These grains go into the ground, they die, but in the process they bring forth new grains. And you know this, that reminds me That reminds me of why we are here today. We are here today to say thank you to God for the harvest. But we're here today to say more than thank you to God for the harvest. We are here today to say thank you to God for saving us as sinners. And I hope that's the way it is with every single one of us here today. But the only way that God can save us as sinners is if somebody else dies in our place. And that's what Jesus has done. He dies, and through his dying, new life is given to just so, so many. So yes, we're here to give thanks for the harvest. But we're here also today to say thank you to God for saving us from our sins. I hope that's true of every single one of us. Now let's sing again to God's praise. This time it's in Psalm number 65. It's found on page 297 of the Psalter. And I want us to pick up in this song. This song is about God dealing with our soul needs. But it's also a song about God dealing with our bodily needs. We are body and we are soul. And I want us to pick up on the two aspects that come up in this uh, song. Praise waits for thee in Zion, Lord. To thee vows paid shall be, O thou that hearer art of prayer. All flesh shall come to thee. Iniquities I must confess prevail against me do. But as for our transgressions then purge away shalt thou. Sins, iniquities, transgressions, they all have subtle different meanings, but it's all about our rebelling against God. But he can purge all these things away. He deals with our soul needs. We'll sing verses 1 to 4, the double verse 4 of Psalm 65. Praise waits for thee in Zion, Lord.
let's read God's word as we find it in Exodus chapter 16 and we'll read at the beginning of the chapter. The book of Exodus chapter 16 and at verse 1. They set out from Elam and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him. What are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked towards the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it each of one of you as much as he can eat. You shall eat you shall each take an omer, which is about two liters in our measurements. These, um, the, the grain was measured by size really, and if you can imagine a, a bottle of milk by about two liters. According to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over. And whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning, as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, 
and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. For six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let a nomer of it be kept throughout your generations, so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put a nomer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna for forty years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Cana. And Omer is the tenth part of an Eva. And we'll read also in the book of Psalms and at chapter 65. The book of Psalms is the song we've just been singing to the choir master, a psalm of David, a song. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness. O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the furthest seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves and the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their corn, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with corn. They shout and sing together for joy. Amen and may God bless to us uh, these uh, readings from his word. Let's join together again in prayer. Let's pray. O Lord our God, we have read there in these two passages of scripture of your goodness and your kindness and your provision again and again and again. But we realize that the people of God were so ready to grumble against you and so ready to bitterly complain about their lot. And alas, there is nothing new under the sun. We are equally fallen and we are equally misshapen. 
And we are just so ready to complain against you and to be bitter. We ask that you would forgive us, O Lord. We ask that you would give us the grace to be humble before you and to be appreciative. Your dealings with your people of old were awesome. But not any more awesome than your dealings with your people of today. May we never forget that. And we pray that as we turn to explore your word afresh this day that you would help us. Because we realize that to gather here to seek to worship you in and of ourselves is sheer futility. We cannot do it. But you are the prayer-hearing God and you are the sin-forgiving God. And we pray that we would cry out from the depths of our souls this day that you would come in amongst us and that you would do us good. That you would enable us to worship you in spirit and in truth. And that you would enable us to explore your word afresh. And that at the end of the day we would bow in worship and in adoration afresh. And all we ask is in Christ's name. Amen. Now let's continue to sing to God's praise in the same song. It's Psalm 65 and it's at verse 5. That's page 298 of the Psalter. And we'll sing at verse 5. O God of our salvation, thou in thy righteousness, by fearful works and to our prayers, thine answer dost express. That word fearful, basically, it's awesome. The works of God are awesome. Therefore the ends of all the earth and those afar that be upon the sea, their confidence, O Lord, will place in thee. We'll sing verses 5 to 10. O God of our salvation.
let's turn to the passage that we've read in the book of Psalms chapter 65 and we'll read again at verse 9. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their corn for so you have prepared it. I'm going to read it now from the song we've just been singing. The earth thou watest is watering it. Thou makes it rich to grow with God's full flood. Thou corn prepares when thou providest it so. And here is it in the sing psalms. You tend the land and water it. You make it rich and good as you ordained. Your streams are full to give the people food. Now let's, by God's enabling, seek to explore something of this area of Scripture. You and I are here today as human beings. We are made up of body and of soul. And as I said earlier on, this song deals with both these aspects of our humanness. Because from within the heart and the deepest recesses of our souls that is the seat of all our action and all our words and all our thoughts and we are sinners by nature we are sinners and it's good for us to be upfront and honest about these things but we come this day before this great God who has done something about the plight of the human race. And in this song it talks about us having our sins, our transgressions, our iniquities purged, washed away, made clean. We are here today seeking to worship this God who has dealt with the needs of our souls. But we are also bodies. And we are here this day to worship the God who provides in every way for our bodily needs as well. This day is our day known as the Harvest Thanksgiving. We are here to express our thanks to God for another abundant harvest that has just been gathered in. Now the psalmist in this song refers specifically to the rain that falls on the land that is absolutely essential for the growth, not just of the potatoes I was talking about in my children's address, but for the growth of absolutely everything. And I'm going to do basically today what I've been doing in the schools in the past week, exploring what harvest thanksgiving is and bringing it down to the three basics that are absolutely essential in order for the growth of anything. And that is soil, water and sunshine. And they're all intimately interlinked in the growth that takes place every time a harvest grows and our survival on the face of this planet is intimately bound up with that growth in the harvest. First of all, you know, that potato that I was speaking about in my children's address, if I put that potato away in a cupboard, I would get no new growth of potatoes. You know, I remember on one of the fields beside the house a few years ago, one of the big uh, local um, potato-growing farmers must have rented the field and they planted a crop of cara potatoes. I'd never come across a cara potato in my life before and I don't know if I ever want to again. They were huge things and you would need to wring them out before you would eat them. Uh, but... They weren't for eating. They were going off to Egypt as seed potatoes. 
and you know and I was uh, in the school I was saying oh, what's a seed potato <laughs> there was all kinds of answers it's a potato with a seed inside and things like that and, uh, but of course the seed potatoes are the ones that you don't eat you keep them and you plant them so that you've got another crop to grow to grow um, to gather in but you need to put these potatoes into the ground just as you need to put the barley, the wheat and whatever else it is needs to go into the soil do you know as I look out the back of the house and I look towards Ben Withers and then I can cast my eye to the mountains in the west and then you look out the front window and you see the Bewley Firth and you see the hills beyond and then you look then you, you know one of the things at this time of year is we look out into uh, on, onto our forest of broad leaves well, well there's both types of, of trees but just the amazing colour difference the shades of green turning to orange turning to brown and it is ab- there is no artist in all this world quite like the artist who is God but there is a question comes into my mind and I think it comes into the mind of every human being and it's this where did it all come from where did it all come from that soil that they put these potatoes in that, where they put the, the bar where did it all come from now we don't have many choices when it comes to this we only have three one is this that it all just came from nothing it just randomly appeared and here it is now there are many people who have never stopped to think about this and how limited we are in the numbers of choices we have for the existence of the universe and especially young children you know they, they, they tell you oh we've evolved from the I got it just this we, 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 we were fish and uh, someone was saying it's a bit of mercury and, and all this kind of stuff and, and um, but when I ask them this do you really think this all came from absolutely nothing they just say no they've never really thought too much about it before but it's no and there and, and I mean do we really think this all came from absolutely nothing but then there's this other choice that there was this stuff you can call it stuff, you can call it elements, you can call it matter, you can call it atoms, you can call it whatever you like. But it always, always existed. And somehow or other, it's just randomly happened to be the way it is right and now. But you know, you look around and you see you see law and you see pattern and you see routine again and again and again and again you get billions of human beings and they've all got a heart and they've all got a liver and they've all got two eyes and you think but that's just sheer chance it's just sheer chance I think you look around and you see all that order and you see all that law and you think no there's no chance it's sheer chance Well, if you don't go down either of these two routes, there's only one other route left. And that is, it's a creation. Someone has created it. And of course, that brings up another question. And the someone, of course, is God. But the other question it brings up is, yeah, but which God? Because there there just seems to be so many gods. Well, we are here today and we take our cue from this book of Revelation from God who is the God who tells us at the very outset of this this book of Revelation in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And that's it. And who is this God? This is the Yahweh God. This is the Lord. This is the God who became human and dwelt among us. This is Jesus Christ the Lord. That is what we uh, believe. And so when I look out over the fields at the back of the house and I look at all that wonderful earth, because the black isle is a 
phenomenally fertile area of Scotland and I ask myself this question where has it all come from? It has come from the God that we are here today to worship and we acknowledge that he has provided the soil that has provided our harvest once once again. But you know, I can take that potato and I can put it in soil, but if the rain doesn't fall from the heavens, there will be no crop. And that brings me on to the second thing I want to say a little bit about, and that's the water that falls from heaven. The water that so often we're complaining about. But you know what? We need it. We absolutely need it. You know, I was asking the children on Wednesday and Thursday, where does the water come from? It comes from the pipes. But how does it, how does it get into the uh, Scottish water, put it in the pipes? <laughs> and uh, but, but I was asking a very simple question. The fields in the black eyes, where does the water, it falls from, it falls, it falls from the heavens. But how does it get there? And that's what it ties in with the sun. I'm going to come on to photosynthesis as my third point, but I can't separate these two things because the sun shines on the oceans of this world and it draws up the water, you know. As far as we know as a human race, this world is like a big Legoland. You know, sometimes you see these um, things made out of Lego and miniature villages and there's all different kinds of, of Lego and they're all put together, different shapes and forms and, and it creates a mini world. That's the way it is with this planet as well. In the scientific world, we have discovered 118 different elements. I know some people may say there's 119, but I'm not getting into that argument right now. There's around 118 and 19 elements that we have discovered. Basic elements like oxygen and uh, hydrogen and uh, nitrogen. That's what I'm talking about. And, And everything in this planet is made up of these basic elements, including you and I. And you take two atoms of hydrogen and you take one of uh, oxygen and they fuse together and you've got what we call water. Now water is a, is a really versatile thing because at a certain uh, temperature it's ice. At zero it's ice. The boiling point of water is 100 degrees Celsius and then it turns from being a liquid into being a gas. It evaporates. And so the the sun, the sun shines down. Now remember what the sun is. It's our nearest star. It's 93 million miles out there. And you know, this is where it gets really, really mind-boggling. Because the rays of light travel from the sun at 186,000 miles a second. That is fast. That's about 670 million miles an hour. Now see when it gets into that kind of numbers. For, for my mind it just kind of like, it kind of gives up. You know, I know what a herd of a hundred cattle looks like because I've seen a hundred cattle. I think I told you recently that one of my nephews is, there's a number of my nephews out in Australia just now, but one of them was talking about to the son of a farmer out in Australia, and uh, this person spoke about his dad having a small farm out in Australia, and how many cattle? 30,000. I, I can't imagine 30,000 cattle. I know what a thousand sheep looks like. Because I've seen a flock of a thousand sheep. But when you would get into maybe 50,000 sheep, I just have to try to use my imagination. And then when, it's, when you speak about 186,000 miles a second, I've got an idea of how long it takes me to travel from here to Ullapal or somewhere like that. But you just... It gets mind-boggling. 
And let's remember what the sun is. It's, it's a massive nuclear reaction. And what the sun is burning up is hydrogen, one of the elements. And you think, well, how much does the sun burn up in a day? Well, I can't tell you. I haven't worked out the figures. It's just too much for me. I suppose I could sit down and try. But it, it, it burns up 600 million tons. Well, this is what the scientists tell us anyway. 600 million tons of hydrogen per second. And turns that into 598 million tons of helium every second. And you think, oh man, these are mind-boggling figures. But remember, we are here this day to worship the God who created the sun. And the sun is only one of billions and billions and billions of stars. The enormity of this God is just so, so mind-boggling. And so the sun sucks up the water from the ocean. It leaves behind the sodium, the salt that will ruin all our crops. How it does that, I don't know. But it does. And up goes the water vapor and into the cloud. It forms the clouds and the wind blows. And of course the wind is generated by the sun as well. And blows the clouds in over the hills and down it comes as water into our fields, into our streams, into the rivers, and the rivers flow back into the sea, and so we've got our water cycle. It's the same water we're consuming. Again, and again, and again. And if God stopped the water cycle, that would be it. We would all die. It would be the end of life on this planet. And so that seed or that potato, it needs to go into that soil. And uh, in the words of this psalmist, God causes the rain to fall on that ground that enables growth to take place. But there's another essential thing that needs to happen. And that is the sun needs to shine on the leaves of that plant in order for photosynthesis to take place. Now photosynthesis, the word photo basically means light. If you synthesize something, you bring things together. So what the plant does, it, bring things, it brings things together by using light. It takes the energy in the light and creates its own food. Now, we do know a great deal about it. Since the period of history known as the Enlightenment, there has been an explosion, an absolute explosion in scientific knowledge. But I have to remind ourselves of this. We as a human race are still only scratching the surface. Just scratching the surface. I think I've said to you often from this pulpit, the more you get to know about anything, the more you realize you don't know. That is why we have to be humble before God. And that is why we have to come to him, asking him to open our eyes and give us understanding. But basically... These potato plants or barley plants, the leaves gobble up the light of the sun and they do something that's beyond the knowledge of anyone in the human race and they turn it into food. And by and by, that's what keeps our bodies alive on the face of this uh, planet. And when you go home today and you sit down to have your dinner, I want you to stop and think, look at what's on your plate. And every last thing will come back to soil, water and sun. Every last thing will come back to that. But where has the soil come from? And where has the water cycle come from? And where has the sun come from? And we're back to this great creating God. That's who we are back to. And the question is this. How thankful are we 
before this God. Because you know, the children of Israel in their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness were fed by manna from heaven. That was a miracle. That was astonishing. That was utterly awesome. But it's not any more astonishing than what God is doing for us day in, day out, year in, year out in providing for us again and again. I know it was unique in terms of it being a miracle but not any more awesome. But you know our problem is this. Familiarity breeds contempt. We just, that's what happens and we just take it all so for granted and we can just be so thankless at times when we should be thankful. In fact, it's not only that that's our problem. There is nothing new under the sun. God took these children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage and slavery, and they had just witnessed phenomenal miracles in the ten plagues, and they had just come through the Red Sea in a hair-raising manner. But they were hardly through it when they were ready to say, I wish we'd stayed in Egypt. You just took us out into this wilderness for us to die here. We want to go back. And all they could think of was the fish and the melons and the cucumbers that they had back. How ungrateful is that? How short-sighted is that? He gave them delivery from bondage. He answered their prayer. He was going to bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. And all they can do is moan and belittle them and complain. Does that sound familiar? I think it probably is. I think it probably is. But this is harvest thanksgiving. I hope that we are here today exceedingly thankful to God for all his kindness towards us. Now I'm not saying that we are here today without our problems. We are every last one of us. I'm not saying that we are here today without our struggles because we are every last one of us. But sometimes the problems and the struggles so capture our focus that we don't get the big picture. But we need to get the big picture. And we need to bow before this God today and thank him for this planet and every bit of soil on it and every raindrop that falls and all the sunshine that radiates onto this planet that keeps the human race alive and keeps it it going. We mustn't forget the big picture. We mustn't forget this big and awesome God. And may we this day bow before him and acknowledge him and thank him for all the provision he has made for us in terms of our bodily needs. But of course that's not all we have to thank him for. All our guilt, all our iniquities, all our trespasses, all our sins. He's dealt with that as well. I haven't focused so much on that today as on the provision of a harvest once again. But this song is right. We have souls and we have bodies. But we have a God who has made provision for everything. And how we must bow in worship and in adoration before him all over again this day. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord, our God, we thank you that you are who you are and we are sorry that our response so often is not what it should be. Have mercy upon us.
And enable us, we pray, to thrill to your provision for us, whether it be provision of soul's needs or body's needs. And all we ask is in Christ's name. Amen. Now let's conclude by singing the last few verses of this Psalm Psalm 65. It's page 298 of the Psalter and it's at verse 11. So thou the year most liberally dost with thy goodness crown, and all thy paths abundantly on us drop fatness down. We'll sing to the end of the song, So thou the year most liberally.